This is Back to Debbie, a show brought to you by Campus to Canton. This podcast specializes in collegiate football players and their potential for future fancy success in the NFL. I'm your host, Mike V. This is my co-host, Corey P. And today we're doing an early mock draft for the rookie class. But first, Corey with the news. Okay, first heading over here to Texas, where quarterback Quinn Ewers has started throwing this week. Um, He's been labeled as day-to-day, so we'll see if he's going to end up starting this weekend, or if we're going to see another week of Malik Murphy, who's kind of looked pretty shaky, I would say, these past two days. Some bright moments, some low moments as well. Definitely better week two, but uh, we'll see if he can improve if he gets another start here uh, going into the weekend. Heading over to Florida State, where wide receiver Keon Coleman surprisingly didn't play this weekend. Haven't really been able to find anything why he didn't play this weekend, but that's something definitely to watch if you're planning on starting him for your playoffs, probably Um, heading over to NC state where quarterback MJ Morris, he's reportedly registering for the rest of the season. This has kind of sparked some rumors, obviously that he's planning to transfer out of there as well, which I think there was already some buzz about that him butting heads with uh, a lot of the coaching staff there. So uh, might be a good move for him and a good move for his value. If he can kind of get out of there. And then last but not least, more transfer news with Boise State wide receiver Eric McAllister had a very strong season this year. Uh, He's entered transfer portal right in the middle of your CFF playoffs. So sorry if you guys are relying on him, Um, but he could be a potential transfer up candidate that we're going to be watching out for. Um, And guys, be sure to head over to the website at campus2canton.com where you can become a member with one of our many subscription options, some of which include access to our draft guides, uh, weekly CFF projections, advanced metric tools, and the brand new C2C winning edge, which is going to keep you guys up to date on all the school depth charts, the statistical projections, the returning production all throughout the upcoming offseason as well. Um, So make sure you guys are checking out our family of podcasts as well, the YouTube channel, and make sure you guys are keeping it locked to the YouTube channel every Saturday morning to make sure you're catching our pre-show in the morning called The Tailgate. Uh, the guys are going to be going through start sick questions, keeping you up to date on all the news heading into the games, going over all the betting tips. We're also going to be giving you a little Debbie preview every Saturday morning as well. So make sure you guys are keeping it locked to campus again to help guide you guys through the season. I, I, I hate, I hate when G5 guys go to P5. Then we have to go watch the film and decide if they're going to transition well. <laughs> it's a, it's like, always such a hard evaluation too, because you're like, how do, how do I evaluate this against this competition? <laughs> yeah, do I? Yeah, it's it's. Are you just out athleting people, or do you have actual refinement? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, obviously Devontae Walker worked out. Um, Jamari Thrash, I think, should be in day two topics. You know, fringe, but I think he should be in those topics conversation. But then you got guys like Montfield didn't work out, and um, I, I was a big Elijah Spencer fan, so that's really burning me this year because I wish mm-hmm. I still had that CFF asset. But um, I, you know, so G five to P five upgrades like th- those upgrades can go wrong, but one upgrade that will never go wrong is when you upgrade your wardrobe to home field apparel. We have a promo code, Campus the number two in Canton for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Home field apparel is retro, vintage athletic gear not just for football you like other sports too like field hockey soccer maybe even some cricket gear for for tim alb but we they got those they got those for for your favorite universities go check them out the promo code is campus the number two in canton for 15 that's one five percent off your first purchase (sighs) okay Corey, you've been yelling at me (laughs) pleading with me not saying nearly enough for a canadian yeah so maybe watch film on Elijah Badger, Alec Ayo Manor, Ayo Manor. No, dude, you got me on that. I was yeah. the whole time. Ayo That's what we just said. Yeah, that's what, we listened today. That's what it is. Yeah. And Ollie, yeah, and Ollie Gordon from Oklahoma State. 
Yes, um, yes. So I'm, I'm eager to hear what you what your thoughts are here because we'll I know they're not perfect we'll guys. They're not perfect guys, but they're way better mm-hmm. than you were giving them credit for. Um. Okay. Uh. I don't know about <laughs> that, but. <laughs> Because I already had Badger at YRC Return for the class. That was like my last update. He's already okay. up there. Um, I love the Yak skill set. And then you said yeah. to like, make sure you check out last year's stuff because like yeah, this year's quarterback class is atrocious for him. I mean, it's still Trent Borget, but I, I got a little lazy. I flipped on his highlight tape for last year and then I watched <laughs> the tape from this year. But last year's highlight tape, it's like all crossers. I'm like, this guy do more than just crossers? Is it? Does he like do other stuff? Um, yeah. I don't really see the route running in him. Like, I don't think he's a bad route runner, but I'm not like labeling him as a route runner. And that was always my issue with him. I still, I still love the yak skill set. Like top three yak skill set in this class, probably higher, but top three for sure. Has a place in the NFL. I don't like know if he's going to be anything special in the intermediate or deep yeah see i don't know man see like i i've done i did cut-ups of him all last season i don't know if the highlight tape just isn't doing justice because a lot of his highlights are like you know he's like the big colorado highlights where he like takes the catch and like freaking bounces off 100 people to like gain like 30 yards after like like that's main that's one of his best skill sets that's what a lot of his highlight tape is but dude i cut up a lot of red zone uh two where he was pressed and he's gaining separation at the line in short area spaces still making the catch he has ability down the field as well i've seen some double moves i've seen some uh, uh some deception in some post routes as well like i think he's a pretty well-rounded guy like i don't i don't know maybe i'm just maybe you need to see more maybe i need to see a little bit more as well but like we are we are seeing a little bit of a differing player on at least the three levels of the field because i really do think he has that in his repertoire but i will okay. say i agree with you like his his home run talent here is is the yak ability like no one's going to say he's a contested catch monster no one's going to say you know he's an intermediate monster like on the in routes or whatever but like his his calling card is the yak ability but i still think he has a lot of that other stuff in in his gadget in his repertoire as well I'm going to DM you later for those double moves because I definitely didn't see that in his skill set. But yeah, it, okay. it's, it's, um, sorry, your orange cat's doing orange cat stuff behind you. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, uh, no, but I, 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 I still, again, I like crossers, even the release of the line. I thought he did have like good release packages. He was definitely like pressed, no big deal. Like he's good in the physical game. So I, again, I, I think like just the, the, like, the front third, like he he thrives in that yeah. zone. Crossing I do that, think that, crosses, like yeah, I do think that this skill set though is like has a place in the NFL now. Though, like, would you say that Debo Samuel coming out? I'm not saying he's Debo Samuel. Okay, I'm just saying. But would you say he was a great route runner? Would you say DJ Moore was a fantastic? No, no. But I, I've always thought Debo was just a running back pretending to be a wide receiver. Like he had one I good mean, year, but it worked. Like, but it works. And I mean, he like and, yeah. and Badgers use the same way. He's uh, he's a return monster. He's like he's got to be averaging one of the highest return rates because I know that because I'm starting him in leagues with return yards and like half his oh, production nice. is coming from return yards right now <laughs> because it's it's tough right now and uh, he also takes snaps out of the backfield as a rusher once in a while too so he's, yeah. he's that's a very versatile skill set so I'm, I'm i i see a lot of avenues to get on the field for him and i see a lot of ways he can contribute to a team that i think makes him a very enticing pick maybe he's a late day two guy but at least an early day three guy that i'm really going to be into i i think he's a day two guy i think he's a later yeah. day two guy I, I, i've been there i'm not even going to go higher than that I, I think that's what he is um did you yeah. did you know league of record counted return yards did you know that ahead of time of course i've been starting him there so yeah 
Absolutely. I didn't know that until I was yeah. like looking at Brashard Smith. That's you know I got some Brashard Smith on my roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, looking yeah, at you're like the only guy still have... rostering good, but he's like, I was looking through like pickups, like end of the season pickups, and like he's available in like all my leagues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's certainly a cut candidate for this year, hundred yeah. percent. Uh, but like, I was like, how's he? How's he getting ten points a game? I wasn't just going to get with him. Yeah. I wish I knew that when I was drafting because I probably would have switched up a little bit and went for sort of some uh, nice kick returners at the back half of the draft. But um, yeah, so that's that's what I saw from Badger. I I, I still yeah, I, I love the yak skill set. I think that's his calling card. Very good at it. And, you know, like I know like awesome like what preachers get that like one trump card, like one trait that's going to be coveted that you mm-hmm. can offer a team that they don't have in that team. And I don't know too many off my head like that have like elite yeah guys already obviously like listed off debo you know stuff like that like but yeah yeah so i i like him i think he has a spot yet though no i um, like it go, i like it going on to the hot name though uh ollie gordon i've i've heard people already putting them in their in their top five um the top five debbie overall or running backs yeah yeah yes yeah that's yeah. pretty well do you can i ask you before we even start have you moved him at all like where is he in your rankings right now yeah i moved him up uh so like from all like i have i have him like uncomfortably high but i don't know i might have to move i don't know so i'm uh, well, to hear you first you go first okay so all season he flirted between 56 and 61 the entire time from all jesus uh, that was way lower than i had him for sure yeah. <laughs> yeah, i was like back in 30s like then 30 ish like yeah for me so hey. as of today, well, actually, all of October, I haven't moved him. Uh, 24. 24, okay. So I think I have him at RB16 right now. Ooh. So definitely a little bit higher than that. But I don't know, just moving stuff around and moving guys around, like I just felt like I wanted him there or whatever. I mean, I know I've been a little bit higher on him than – but I'm still settling things down. I mean, you even were calling me out on a couple of guys that I haven't <laughs> – I had like Devontae Walker. Was that like wide receiver 73 still? Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah it's been – yeah. yeah, For our mock draft, I was like, I don't make sure I don't want to forget anybody. And then yeah. – I scrolled this up like page my, like two and a half, and you got him at seventy three. Everyone's got him yeah. top twenty. <laughs> this is my extremely busy month for work. Just it's a lot. Of, I haven't had a lot of time to watch film as much as I wanted to do all that stuff. So keep my rankings as clean as I'd like to. They're a little messy, but they are generally updated with guys. When you do look at them right now, maybe one, one or two, he might be. Busy, but, yeah, uh, yeah. So he he's a little bit uncomfortably higher from. But anyway, what did you see from him? from uh from your yeah so i thought i'm sorry with the good like i loved him in space like the accelerations there he's very fast to accelerate he's a Mm -hmm. very comfortable pass catcher like doesn't fight the ball like you know i usually talk about passages checking the box i think he certainly checks the box he's very smooth with the ball in his hand very good to quick up the field like he's he's a fast transitioner i think that's what really separates running backs um and pass catching I, i just didn't like I didn't like his stuff behind the line. Like his patience is inconsistent. Like sometimes he does wait for the hole, but like for the most mm-hmm. part, like he's, he's a like grab and go. Like he wants to go right away. Um, and then he just doesn't have power. Like he gets stuffed very easily. There's just no real power. in him. he's more about speed. Um, and he also liked to kick stuff out wide too. Like I, I so I didn't really like him down the middle. Let's see what I'm just going to put in the chat. No, his second level vision. I thought his vision was very good. Second level. Yeah. So all the stuff behind the line, I didn't like, but I thought like second level in space was really good. Not really a contact bounce guy, like not like a KW three, like he's bouncing off guys. But I thought like he's pretty like slippery. You know the way we talk about Jonathan mm-hmm. Brooks honestly. Like I think he's slippery, yeah. not like, like cream, cream huntish kind of like in that sense, like more slippery than like like contact bounce, anyways. But like yeah. I don't know, I f- I feel like general like there are times where I feel like we're definitely seeing a little bit of a different player here in this in this aspect. At least like, but I haven't watched as much this year, so maybe it's it's from some of the tape you're watching this year. But I mean, I even sent you the t- the cut up that I had from last year from the game where he got to start. Like I thought he was finishing runs hard in that game, like finishing with. More 
more power. Um, he, yeah, he was he taking was. guys for a ride on like two yards or whatever. And like, and then even looking at the advanced stacks this year, like his contact, his yards after contact is like the highest of his career right now. It's, it's up there too. Like, it's like, what was it? I, I remember even talking to you in the chat. I think it was, it's like top five in the power five right now for yards after contact for like, if you, if you have that 20% threshold of carries right now. So like, I, I, I I'd figured he'd kind of been continuing that trend, but that's something I definitely want to go and look at and see how I feel more about his power because that's something you pointed out. That was something that Austin pointed out. So maybe that's something I got to go back and look at. But also, I, I also love his pass catching ability. And that was something like he didn't have a lot of statistics uh, as a recruit as, but I remember even, um, like I remember his cousin was like, cause I was big on him yeah, as a re- yeah, recruit. Yeah. And his cousin was like messaging me and like telling me, Oh yeah, he's, he's a monster and showing me clips of him in like these seven on seven doing wide receiver drills and like catching it with one hand and stuff. And I'm like, man, this guy's got some like like a fade in the end zone too. Yeah. Like legit receiving skills. So clearly that part is translating a little bit as well. But I mean, what other names are we really looking at here as a top five guy for like next for next year's class anyways like it he could be in convention to be kind of in that list right now like i don't think like he athletically he's like superior or whatever like that but i don't think he's that far off from like a quinchon judkins right now athletically at least i've always comped him ceiling comp to rashad white and i'm probably sticking with that honestly i think i really am uh but i think like saying ceiling i think maybe that's more like most probable to happen that's his most probable yeah. comment, i just picture white as this receiving option who's like i picture as that as his best asset where it's like i do give gordon a little bit more credibility as a runner i feel like like i don't know like i've always said richard white's always been my comp for laquin allen which definitely feel like that kind of lines up like he's the way he's used more as a receiving friend than like a running guy and we're seeing that inefficiency in the nfl a little bit as well he's, he's finding his groove a little bit over the last couple of weeks but this is white like is. i like gordon to be as a guy that you need a scheme and space which is much easier said for a wide receiver than a running back like this guy does need open space to to really capitalize also his yards of contact is 4.26 just from what he said earlier yeah, I don't know. He's somebody I'm definitely interested in to see how that this kind of continues. Anyways, I'm just glad that Gundy actually decided to back him and kind of uh, go because we were a little bit worried about that in the beginning because it didn't seem like he was really committing to him heading into the season. So we finally did. We're finally seeing that production that comes from the Gundy bats. If anything, more so than we've seen from the past, like Jalen Warren stuff, maybe more on like that Chuba Hubbard train or whatever. But um, we'll see how it continues here. And he, the interesting thing about him is he has that frame where he can kind of go either way right now. I even got, kind of wrote that in the, in his Debbie guide profile where it was like he could add pounds and maybe become a little bit more of a powerful guy or like he could go more like the Rashad White, be a little bit slimmer, be a little bit more of like that big explosive, like extra option on the outside as well. Like it, he kind of has both those options in his realm with that six one, two hundred like five, two hundred ten pound frame. Like I'm interested to see where he goes with that. Let me ask you this: Ollie Gordon or Darius Taylor? I believe right now I have uh, Ollie Gordon higher. Okay, like these, like I, like I don't, I don't, I just moved him up like two spots in my rankings, but I don't. I, I can see myself moving him up end of the year because I, I do think he has a place in the NFL. You know, like this whole like Oklahoma yeah. State like helmet scouting type stuff. Which like I'm not opposed to that in general. Like I think programs matter and pedigree, all this. I think I think this stuff does matter. But like yeah. Chuba Hubbard and Jalen Warren, like they might not have gotten the draft capital, but they're like somewhat successful right now in the NFL. They got yeah. a spot. It's kind of like Memphis running backs. Like you're never excited about them, but for some reason there's too many of them in the NFL. And they all have like roles, you know? Yeah. Let me go and do our because at some point, and I'm not sure when we're gonna do it. We're gonna do like an accountability episode. Go back and look at what we did, like. Mm-hmm. Guy was one of my breakouts, man. So this is one for me right here. Yeah, yeah. I got Jonathan Brooks. I got a lot oh, of misses though. So that's a, yeah, that's a tie though. Yeah, we got a tie there. Yeah, we'll have to break that down later. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last guy we looked, I looked at was Elik Ayo Manor. 
Um, the Stanford wide receiver. Uh, <laughs> I watched the Colorado game. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> what a game. I couldn't imagine being at that stadium, watching him catching that overtime touchdown on the back of Travis Hunter's helmet and just dragging him to the end zone for like eight yards. I mean, that was like the most disrespectful if thing you're... I've seen on TV. Oh, if your only tape that you had to watch of a manner was that Colorado game and you had to make an, uh, an evaluation right then and there and couldn't see nothing else, you would think that guy was A.J. Brown. The way he like man, <laughs> he like Travis Hunter like at the line, dude. There was times where he Travis Hunter beat him off the line, and like was in position to like stop the slant because a lot of his I don't know if you know he, 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 he gets he a ton of the ball too like he yeah and he just like I, ripped Travis it away was, from him like <laughs> Travis Hunter was making the right reads that was so frustrating to watch for him like he yeah like he read stuff he adjusted well and it was the thing is what we said in the preseason when we saw like i think we saw a photo of like the the colorado team and i was like if you told me that this team was fcs i would believe it like they look like fcs they're so tiny out there oh i, I think i've watched enough colorado football now to know that any like wire receiver that has that bully ball like type skill set they're gonna have a good day like these yeah. guys can't they're all tiny they can't they can't do it the ball skills are fine that their footwork's fine they can't they can't yeah it was I felt bad for Travis Hunter. I mean, he got like he looked frustrated, looked defeated, sitting down on the field sometimes after like not making a play. I felt bad for him. Yeah, and I mean, like Loki, I know this is like off the topic of a manner here, but I mean, like even just Travis Hunter here, like this kind of showed his weaknesses at corner a little bit. Like he's this is what he's gonna face in the NFL, man. If he decides to stick to corner, is he's gonna beef up, man. That that size was always our worry, and this was just a sign of him seeing a more physical presence and not really being able to handle the catch over the end, like over top of him as. Well, I mean, man, in position on every play and just could not out-physical him. And that's exactly what he's going to see in the NFL. So maybe you should just stick to wide receivers. I think we'd all like that a little bit more. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ayo Manor, for me, I thought he was a bully ball. I, I think he's just a bully mm-hmm. ball type of guy. Um, no real separation, just out-athleting players. Although I do think if you out-athlete players on a, on a power five skill, I think that's good enough to even get day three draft capital. I could care less yeah. when it's on the G5 level. So I, I think that's worth noting and not really a, a negative point. But like I don't see a lot of like I don't see route running, like the routes really aren't there. It's just really good ball skills. And I think his body use is phenomenal. Like he's very good at like putting his body in between himself and the defender and then attacking the ball with his hands, just not giving him a chance to make the play. Pretty much what he did to Travis Hunter the whole time yeah. the game. I think he's pretty consistent. You know, you know, it was a weird comp. I mean, it, it, maybe not so much the stuff around the line, at least, because I don't know how much stuff he really has. But Brendan Rice from USC, like kind of same body, kind of the same thing. Like they're not really refined route runners. They win on like just being a little more physical and then like crazy at like, you know, that schoolyard ball and play at the catch point and stuff like that. They're not really refined wide receivers. I kind of found that a little bit when I was watching him, that kind of comparison a little bit to Brendan Rice and, you know, kind of a guy that we liked a little bit. So maybe that was kind of why I was attracted, but yes, very physical wide receiver, um, ton of slants and a ton of just like throwing the ball up to him as well. But he does have really nice, like, uh, athletic profile as well. I mentioned in our last episode, like he has like a 10.7 something hundred meter. He's got like a 22 point something, uh, 200 meter. He's a long jump state champion as well. Like he has some athleticism to him. So like he, he could be a sneaky guy. He's somebody at least that we need to keep, uh, keep our eyes on as we're going forward here. No, absolutely. I'm there with you. Um, Without footwork or refinements, I don't know if he's going to get there. I'm not really too interested in him at like a day two guy, but I think he's like a yeah. locked in day three, like probably minimum. 
at least for now. I mean, there's there's still some time to go here, anyways. I mean, he he only yeah. didn't play last year because I mean, and, and he's out of the range for year one zero, anyways. But he only didn't play last year because of a year uh, knee injury. So this is really his first year uh, of playing in in, uh, in college football. So I mean, a lot of development possibly for him to go still here. I'm with you. Uh, you ready to get into this mock draft? Let's do it. Okay, so uh, guys, uh, super flex tight end premium. Uh, we don't we, we don't take enough tight ends uh, between me and Corey. So we'll, 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 um, we'll talk about him at least a little bit. Later. We will. We will be talking about him. I'm definitely gonna be talking about a group with him at the end. Uh, we're only doing two rounds. Um, yeah, I had the 101. So 101, I picked Drake May as my QB one. I think it's the 101 in the NFL draft. Now I do actually kind of regret this pick after I picked it. I just didn't have the balls to tell you that. Um, <laughs> well, why? Who like who is the great? You'd rather go with Caleb. I think Drake May is the better quarterback, like the actual better NFL quarterback. But just from a value perspective, you thought you'd rather you should go Caleb. With the fantasy, like the rushing yeah. upside and the scrambling, because I think but I Drake think May, Drake May has that too, though. If not to the level Caleb does, though, like, I think no, you'll get much more rushing yards on the career from Caleb Williams and Drake May. Yeah, um, anyway, so uh, I think Drake May is the more complete uh, quarterback here. I think he actually knows how to progress. Uh, I think he works better in structure than Caleb does. And I think that's very important to an NFL. I don't think you can't, I, I think it's hard to not to be an improviser and only an improviser. I think you have to be able to do both. And I think being, being an improviser also like gets you to the next level. Like you have a higher ceiling. So I, I just think Drake made is the more refined product, the safer pick. I really don't need him to bust. I feel pretty good about him next level. Uh, so he's my one Oh one. And I think, I think he has the style to last like 15 years. Yeah, and we've talked about like all the all the things he's really overcome this year as well as another thing that's kind of in his pocket between the offensive coordinator, all the new weapons shifting over everything, just kind of changing on him and changing throughout the year as well. All of a sudden, your new weapon comes back. Guys are getting injured. Guys are in and out of the lineup. Nate McCollum, everybody else, and he's continued to produce and find ways to keep producing on the field as well. So yeah, very. Um, uh, I think right now, if I'm not mistaken, I was looking. He leads the league, I think, in big time worthy throws right now too. So okay, good, good. Yeah, I was gonna say he's got like good arm talent, which people don't talk about enough. It just isn't, yeah, I don't know. It's just not talked about enough. I, at least we don't. I don't. Uh, but he's got. He has arm talent. It's just not the number one arm it, talent in the class. It's because you're not seeing these crazy sidearm baseball throws from him. He's a cleaner thrower. Like he's cleaner mechanically than like these guys who want to throw from your sidearm and throw from your baseball angles and guys who have like maybe a baseball pass or something like that, that can do things like that. But maybe Drake Bays hasn't played a lot of baseball in his past. He just looks very clean. He looks like a more clean operator mechanically. Go ahead and uh, 102 there, Corey. Yeah, and heading over to 102 here, obviously, if you're taking Drake May there, I'm taking Caleb Williams here. These are the two top quarterbacks in all Superflex drafts right now. They should be going one or two in one any kind of order. Chances are they're the first two picks in the actual NFL draft as well. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I'm, I don't know really where I am right now between the two of them. Some of the stuff just what I've seen with Caleb recently just hasn't come off the greatest, at least demeanor wise. Like I didn't even like, look, I know that people are saying I should, nobody should really be on him for the crying last game or whatever, but I mean, come on, dude. Like what do we, I, I don't, yeah, I could care less yeah. about it. I, I more <laughs> I, cared about it. Cause he was such a, he was such a, I'm going to say he was, he was a butthole to Max Duggan last year during the national about championship. It, yeah. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, you know, as a fan, I wanted to I wanted to get at him, but like I, you know, I don't really care about that. So I don't care about that at all. Yeah, I don't know. For for me, like I want to see, like you know, if I lose, I want to see like my quarterback look so 
freaking stuff determined that he's never gonna let that happen again. I don't want to see him saying, "Oh, why poor me?" Which is kind of like, like, dude, you're about to be like the first overall pick in the NFL draft. You quit boohooing and <laughs> get up there and stand strong. But whatever, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hold that against him completely. I do think he's like hero ball a little bit too much sometimes. Hold on to the ball a little bit long, gets him his own self in trouble. But I think that's the mindset of him thinking he can do whatever he wants. And with the arm talent that he does have, I mean, we we're just talking about Drake. Man, Caleb definitely has the most special arm talent in this class. Like that's that's he can throw it from anywhere on the field, hit all three levels of the field, and you know, definitely I think he's probably going first in the NFL draft, even if we might think Drake May might be the better long-term guy. Uh, to me, a little bit Jalen Hurts in a Patrick Mahomes, but still bona fide top two pick in in any uh, NFL dynasty draft. Yeah, and I, I, I just wanted to add more to like the boneheadedness, like writing the F whatever school on his nails, you know, or yeah, or the Notre Dame interview too. Like, like, oh, okay. I, I do think the NFL is a little bit done with these head cases. I, I don't know, Johnny Manziel, Baker Mayfield. Um, I think Demarcus Joyner was a little bit of head case. Uh, yeah, I, I think. Uh, um, What's the what's the Bears quarterback? Jay Cutler. I love Jay Cutler. Yeah. Anyway. And I, I honestly I don't mind I don't mind confidence, but I I like it coming across a different way. He's just he's coming off a little bit babyish right now. Like a little immature sometimes. We which, we have you know, whispers easy, of like Kyler Murray, you know, like kind of yeah. Like yeah, exactly. So um, also do you notice the new Call of Duty comes out in like three days and Kyler Murray's activated <laughs> bad timing. It's bad timing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, so we'll see if like that holds maybe, up. Right. Maybe that's the whole plan is so that they can just say Kyler Murray sucks tank and now they're gonna draft <laughs> Caleb and get him next year. I have I legit I'm I'm not I'm not kidding. I have two rosters, both single QB leagues where both my quarterbacks went down. I think it's Kirk Cousins actually went down. And I and yes. my backup for both those leagues is Kyler Murray. So I, I need him to figure it out like right away. At the 103, I took Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State wide receiver, the clear 101's class, great route runner, great hands. Um the only negative thing you can possibly say about his skill set is like the yak is just not there. Like he's just not I, I don't know. He's not as tough as some of these other guys are after the catch. Um, so, like, that's it, though. But besides that, he's pretty phenomenal at everything, every single thing he does. And there's not really not much else to say about him. No, not a, lot no not, not, not a lot of analysis there. And I'm just saying this is unfair because you get – anybody drafting at 101 was obviously going to get Marvin Harrison at 103 as well. This is more of a learning exercise. Do not give Mike props for getting Marvin Harrison Jr. and a quarterback. Okay, that's bull. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's why where... I gave you Caleb, bro. Excited, thought yeah. you know. Yeah, well, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> 104. I'm sticking with the Ohio State trend, and maybe because the running back class seems so thin that I just want to grab one that I like. And plus, we see it every year in Dynasty, man. The top running back all of a sudden gets propped up. Anybody that go ends up going high gets propped up. And I think that this guy obviously has a chance to do that down the stretch here. And we're starting to see that. And that's Mr. Travion Henderson, who's looked great over the past couple of weeks, definitely starting to return to that freshman form that we saw a little bit, maybe even a little bit better. He's trending up. Uh, you got Mayan Williams out right now as well. Uh, Chip train. I'm just not really looking like, uh, like a guy that's really going to eat into his workload as well. He's going to get the workload down the stretch here for this team, for a team that's probably not as great of a passing team that we've come to expect in the past with Kyle McCord at the helm. So Trayvon Harrison, big chance here to stake his claim as the RB one in his class. I think he's going to do it and I'm happy to take him here at one Oh four. Yeah, I so I know we respect this player. Certainly, me. I'm not sure Corey, so I'm not gonna put words in his mouth. I didn't think it was gonna come out because he's he was hurt. That's been like the story the last two years. Yeah. Um, I knew he was at the warmups for like week seven and week eight, and then he just didn't play. So that was kind of both yeah. weird for those two weeks. 
Um, but no, it's been great. I mean, you said it, uh, freshman year form, 100%. It's always been a question of health, not skill. Um, and then obviously, you know, I'm always worried about guys coming back from injury, making sure they're 100%. He looks 100%. So five targets the last two weeks, uh, playing well against good defenses, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Wisconsin and Rutgers. And then he got hurt at Notre Dame, but he was 14.04 at Notre Dame. You know, so like, yeah, he's back. He's back. And he's definitely RB1. Let's just – Let's just hope that in like three weeks, we're not talking about another injury or something like that. Just finish the season strong, finish it. You know, you guys are number one in the rankings right now, which is, I don't know, but that's a topic for another conversation, but um, you know, he, he's got to continue finish the season strong because I mean, we're even talking about Dane Brugler's ranking or something. He's got no running back, even in his top 50 right now. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to make a push down the stretch here. Yeah. I, I think Henderson will probably reclaim that. Now, I want to ask a question though. Uh, so these are our top four. Um, I think any any order is kind of up to question. I'm I'm gonna ask you for like roster construction. Like let's say I'm the 102 and I need I don't need quarterback help. My quarterbacks are, you know, like Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like, should I take mm-hmm. a quarterback here or do you think it's okay for me to take Marvin Harrison Jr. 102 or 101? Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the only one because he legitimately looks like he might be like a top five pick in the draft and could be on the level of like your Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase types. But it's a lot to put into that as well. You know, I've I've always been an advocate of you take, you know, your top quarterbacks and then like even if you don't need them, you find a way to quickly trade out of them. Like, you know, even in that preseason before they take a snap in the NFL, you know, you've got the value there. You've got the guy that somebody thinks is going to be a quarterback for the next 15 years. Like that's that's always been my play, in my opinion, to do that. Marvin Harrison's be the one guy I won't look at you bad for doing it or whatever, but anybody else in this class, I think you got to go with it with the quarterbacks first. Henderson too. Like if I need running back help, Henderson's I think I'm, not top three. I, no, I think I'm still saying go with your quarterback and then trade okay. to do whatever, just especially with the way the running backs are in the NFL. They're a little bit more liquid, I think. And the rebuilders are yeah. always dumping their running backs first. And that's where you go get your running backs from people that are rebuilding. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Or even guys like, you know, like, uh, um, you know, I've been a guy who's, Grabbed some Gus Edwards over the past couple of weeks. You know, John J. Oh, Swift dude. cheap earlier He's in the year. He's already like know, stuff seven like on the year. Yeah, dude. So there's always guys to find, really. Yeah, I- I'm with you there. That's also just a little bit of a tangent. My favorite team is my zero RB draft because the first thing I did once, like, I did well my first year was go trade for running backs from the people that were tanking. Yeah. And then I got J.K. Dobbins. Didn't work out. But then I got Javante <laughs> and CMC. And that's okay with me. That working out. Yeah. I'm one of my worst zero RB builds this year was getting JK Dobbins, which I thought who's activated off like pup, like the minute I drafted him and then Dalvin cook getting signed by the jets. And I drafted him and so it's like the two worst running backs you could hit with zero RB. I've just been like starting trash there. That roster from the other way, CMC Javante. And then my receivers are Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase and Garrett Wilson. So okay. En- enough roster baiting. Let's it. go. Yeah. Enough beating up on your home league. Let's go. <laughs> Um, that's actually a yards per official league, by the way. But anyway, 105. 105. I'm going with running back here because we talked about it. Running backs uh, kind of dry up kind of fast. So I'm going with Braylon Allen, the running back out of Wisconsin. Very mm-hmm. young for his age. He's been robust. I don't understand a lot of the hate people are getting. I think maybe they just expected more out of him. But he's performing exactly what I thought he would perform. Getting some dump offs, love to see that. Obviously, he's not super dynamic with it, so he's more just checking the box. That's all that matters. Yeah. One catch for one yard is still 1.1 PPR points. Let's not forget about that. So I'm all about Braylon Allen. I think he's a fine running back, NFL running back, certainly the starter, probably leading a committee. I think Braylon will be fine next level. 
Yeah, and a guy that's uh, he doesn't fight the ball when he's catching it either, right? Which is like a big the big thing. I always, like that's one thing I want to see. Yeah, it's a lot of low A dot stuff. Like I don't even think he has an A dot over like a like a freaking yard or whatever. But at least he's catching it. It's not it's not a lot of drops. He doesn't look like he's fighting the ball. So I still give that as a plus to the profile. I don't I, I don't like people saying don't disregard this entire receiving profile this year. No, you should still be taking it as a as a positive sign. The guy's comfortably catching the ball. Kate like Kenneth Walker uh, in the NFL is catching balls now a little bit as well. The guy who we never saw do it in, in, uh, in college as well. So the fact that we're just being able to see the guy comfortably catch, it gives us some confidence that he can be used in a similar way once he gets the NFL as well. So never say never with these guys and catching the ball. Um, moving on he's, to what, go I ahead. Just, I just want to say as far as pass catching, he's got 6.9. Yeah, bro. Yards after the catch on his, look at Derek Henry, when he catches the ball, when he catches the ball and gets ahead of steam, dude, that guy is like a freaking rolling train, man. <laughs> like, And they're yeah. using him a lot more like that as well. So I still think Braylon and Allen, but I, like, I, I think he'll go high, and I think like a team taking him high is going to have a plan for him because I think you do need to have a plan for him. I don't think you can bring him into like a team that's going to run you know seventy percent shotgun and not give him the chance to run downhill from the eye formation or from a single back formation. Like he needs that in a team. So so I'm I'm hoping that whoever does take him has has a plan in place for him. So yeah, but I, yeah, I definitely really like him too. Definitely my RB two in this class for now. Um, heading over to one hundred six though. Um, this one was was hard for me because we're talking now. We're starting to look at the wide receiver too, and like we've talked about before, this is wide open. Um, so it, it really came down to two options here, who I think are probably safe picks here. Um, I'm going with another Ohio State guy, which I think is not consensus right now, but that's what I'm going to stick with, and I'm going to go with Mecca Ibuka. Like I'm sticking with that evaluation because. I don't think he's done anything that I have to change that. I think he's been hurt, which has been unfortunate. I don't think Kyle McCord has been the greatest as well. He's only been able to support like one guy weekly. And this is kind of a case of being out of sight, uh, out of sight, out of mind, right. But being hurt, but fantastic route runner. I think he's got good hands and I think he's versatile. He can play any spot on the, on the field, which gives him a chance to get on the field early. Um, He's kind of like a Chris Godwin type to me. I think that's kind of like his future in the NFL, which is a long-lasting skill set as well. So I like his I like his safety here. But the guy you have at 107 here, like even seeing it, like I, I almost, you know, like you said you regretted it at the top. I almost regretted not going with this guy as well, but I'm almost trying to stick to my original evaluation here with, with Ibuka. Yeah, just real quick though. Ibuka only has 332 receiving yards on the year through six games. Yeah, well, like are you – He's been like, – he, well, yeah, he's been injured, but – yeah, I get more been injured and Kyle McCord has been, you know, very I mean, yeah. subpar for Ohio State quarterbacks. Um, so I, I don't know. I I don't think he goes back. You think he's still like a first round talent? I, I'm a little bit worried about that. Like not not from his skill set, but just from lack of production. Yeah, I don't know. It's possible that just because for that reason, he's not a first round pick anymore or anything like that. But um, I, I feel pretty confident about him ending up in like round two or something. Yeah, I still like I still love the skill set. I don't yeah, I'm all about it. Uh so at the 107, I put out a poll recently just because I'm curious. I was curious. I was wondering where the community was at. I put in our our um our Discord, I put it in our Slack, and I asked the community who's wide receiver two um for the class. Of course, Mr. Odunze chimed in that his son is number one. Uh he used his <laughs> real account, not his burner this time. So that was very nice of him to do that. Thank you, James. Um, but uh is Malik Neighbors for me. 107, I picked Malik Neighbors from LSU. Uh, I think Austin's brought up really good points we brought up on here too, that it's hard to say what his skill set is, like what his trump card is. And I think I'm – I say this a lot. He's doing this against SEC defenses. Like I think I could I could like, rub, like write it off. Like it's fine. 
Yeah. I think he's still like at a very elite possession wide receiver, even though he might not have like a lot of the, I don't know what to call it, like the footwork, the double moves. Like there's not like too much that litters from his tape. It's just very efficient and he's very good at reading zones. Uh, so I think, I think he'll be fine at the NFL level. I think he's a very safe pick. Uh, he might not like, we look back five years from now, he might not be wide receiver two in the class, maybe like wide receiver four. And I think that's like, you know, that, that might be probable, but I think he's mm. safe. So I took Malik neighbors here at the 107. I think he's good at everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe there's master of none, but like, yeah, like, 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 but I don't even like to say that because I think that feels like a discredit to him because we say that about guys in a bad way sometimes that they don't have an elite trade. But I don't feel like that's as, as, I don't feel like that's as bad for Malik. Like, I feel like he's closer to great at everything than just like good or whatever. Like, he's great at everything. He just might not be like super elite at one freaking thing. But yeah, I mean, even the year he's having this year, like, I was even looking at some of the advanced metrics, some of the things he's doing, the yards per out run numbers, like way up. Like, he's at like 1,200 yards this year. Like, he's probably what, Blitnikoff this year? Him or Odunze, maybe? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I I would say I, so. I started doing my, like, all-season grades already because there's some guys that I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to feel the need to, like, rewatch Marvin Harrison. I probably won't feel the need to rewatch Malik Neighbors either. Like, there's there's yeah. some already I'm already doing. And I'm probably going to give him, like, like if I'm grading out, like, I don't think I'm giving him less than, like, 80% any category across the board. Yeah, like my comp has been like you're saying, you know, like wide receiver four in the class. And like the one comp that I've been saying is like, I think I don't think they're like exactly similar type players, but like I think he's the Jordan Addison of this class in a sense. Like I think he could be a first round talent. I think there's 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 a chance he operates better as a number two on a team than a, a number one type guy, something like Jordan Addison. But even Jordan Addison has been pretty good as a number one kind of in these couple of weeks here where he's had to fill in for that. And again, I think that's something that Malik Neighbors can do, but there's probably a realm where he might work better in tandem as a one A one B type guy. But yeah, I think that's the realm for him to be, you know, you know, maybe look back and maybe see the wider sphere for this class or something like that. But um, at 108, I'm going to head over to the guy who decided to message you here underneath your chat. Somebody who's who's at least I don't know if he's completely answered all the questions this year that you have about him, but I have seen a lot more physical play from Washington wide receiver Romo Dunze, which makes me pretty happy to take him here at 108. I love his size. I think he's one of the true X's of this class as well. I mean, outside Marvin Harrison, we've, we've got some good size in this class, but one of the more interesting comp, you know, when I saw him, because I think he does have some fluid movement to him as well. Um, and some people might like this, this comp, some people might not, but I kind of see a little bit of Cortland Sutton in him you know who i think is who i personally think is a little bit of a who is a good player um maybe not like the most monster type guy at the catch one but still flashes that as well a very fluid mover as well uh, i remember Cortland Sutton hit like a sub seven like three cone as well i don't know if romo dunze has that type of footwork but i still see though that type of movement as well i don't know uh, maybe that's his projection on the next level maybe Sutton would have had better uh career as well if he had better quarterback play or better situation as well but either way that was kind of the uh, comp i landed on recently while watching a little bit more but i think he's answered some questions with physicality i've seen him go up for the ball a little bit better i think Penix has improved a little bit with ball placement which is giving rome the ability to climb the ladder a little bit more than we've seen in the past which is something you know i've seen him adjust the patch passes but i wanted to see him win over the top at that my ball mentality which i think we're seeing a little bit more and i like the movement skills of him so i like him here at 108 and i think i think he's going to do well at the nfl level i think he's definitely in contention for the first round of the nfl draft i, I do think he has excellent ball skills um yeah and michael Penix is just Never mind. We'll talk about Michael Penix later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nah, he does yeah. go in the, he does go in this draft at some point, but more of just like the dark throw. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, you know, I didn't say it at the start of the episode too. Uh, anyone that's eligible to come to the draft, we're assuming they're going to the draft too. So we're not going to like play around with, oh, I don't think player X is going to come out this year. Everyone's eligible. We're, we're, we'll get into that what if stuff probably later. But yeah. yeah. All right. So at the 109, I took a tight end. <laughs> I took a tight end at the 109. Brock Bowers from Georgia. Uh, on the smaller side, so it's, here's my concern. I'm going to talk to Bad first. He's like six foot three, two thirty. I think there's a very serious possibility that Brock Bowers is Evan Ingram next level. Not that that's like terrible. Like Evan Ingram still, I think I, I, last time I checked, I believe he's still a top twelve tight end. Yeah. Um. Of course, if you're paying this type of price for a tight end, you don't want to be top twelve. You want to be a little bit better. And I feel like this year's like tight end class. Who I know, me and you were like, well, I don't think it matters what year. Me and you were not gonna like a tight end class no matter what. But there's been like like <laughs> Sam Laporte is working out. Dale Dalton Kincaid is working yeah. out. Um, Michael Mayer seems to be like a little bit like you know like missed that bullet dodged Luke Musgrave too like didn't 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 get him so there's been like this felt like a really good tight end class and it feels in this class too kind of feels like maybe it's in that trajectory so anyway Brock Bowers tight end I typically don't care about tight ends or a top five guy I'm not really super confident Brock Bowers fills that role but if it like it lands in like I hate constantly using my Patriots as an example, but if he like goes to a situation where you're like, well, clearly he's the most skilled player in this receiving room, I probably care a little bit more about him. So I took Brock Rose at 109, very dynamic, super athletic, um, absolutely destroying the college circuit every single level, playing against SEC defenses. Uh, so kind of like the same defense from elite neighbors, like should I really care that much because already beating guys that are like NFL caliber uh, prospects. Um, but Brock Bowers, 109, little bit nervous i'm like you know 20 hmm. 25 like 30 30 32 percent nervous 32 well i think i think whoever's bringing him in has got to think of him kind of like how the bills are even using dalton kincaid right now which is kind of like their main slot receiver right now. And even when dawson knocked you're still there okay let's be a little more respectful with that. yeah well he's kind of getting taken over now a little bit but <laughs> uh but um yeah, I mean, well, with Dawson Knox out, he's also playing a little bit more traditional tight end, even though he is kind of acting like that preferred option in the middle of the field. But when Dawson Knox was there, they were putting him more like in the slot or even out wide sometimes. And I think Brock Bowers is going to be a guy that you need to move around your lineup and try to use him in that way and be creative with him a little bit. And I was even looking because I, I remember actually thinking this when Dalton Kincaid measured in, but Kincaid only measured in at 6'4", 6'4", That's like baseline that's exactly the baseline that we got to pray that like brock bowers comes in that's going to be the big question when he comes in you know because then everybody's going to put him either in the evan inger bucket or it's like all of a sudden everything opens up for him if he just hits six four two forty like you know so everybody will feel a hundred times better when if he hits that but I, i'm still feeling pretty good about him regardless anybody who takes him is going to have an idea for him you know like if you goes to cincy maybe i think that'd be fun if you know if yeah. uh, they move on from uh, higgins and they get another option like that in there with that be kind of fun, I, so. I do want to say this though if anyone took him sooner than this i wouldn't have an issue like like 108 no. to like 107 like i don't think that's egregious either if you're sitting there saying oh i would have taken him earlier i think that's fine i i just yeah i personally cannot i would be devastated if i invested in a tight end with a first and he and he just flopped on me like i would be that would hurt my feelings yeah, I mean, I, I actually invested in Kincaid as a first round pick in, in tight end premiums this year. So, oh, I mean, nice. yeah, for for one time, for once, it's actually working out a little bit. So, um, but yeah, very rare that that, that this tight end class works. I remember taking Luke Musgrave and flipping him. I'm gonna pull it up while you go ahead and say your next pick. 
<laughs> yeah, so at 110, I'm going with another guy who's fallen off a little bit consensusly, and maybe I need to fall off a little bit more as well. This is someone guy that I want to go look at a little bit more, but I have seen some things that I like from him. Um, I think, uh, uh, sorry, and I'm talking about Texas wide receiver Xavier Worthy. I'm taking him here at 110, and yes, I'm taking him before who you take at 111, who will let you announce. But anyways, um, I think he's gotten better in that short to intermediate area a little bit, which is something that we wanted to see. We wanted to see that he wasn't just a one-trick pony down the field. Um he does. He's always going to have that speed, that elite trait that'll get him onto an NFL field. That'll get him. Um, that will get teams' attention in the NFL draft as well. The hands might always be in a little bit of an issue. Um, there, there's a lot of guys with drop rates that, that fluctuate all over the place as well. I still see a Deshaun Jackson slash Will Fuller type here. You know, with that elite trait to get on the field or whatever. Like the overall production is down this year, but he's still leading the team. Um, this passing attack is just much more like spread around this year. There's better receiving options between a Don I coming up and being some, uh, being a guy between Jatavian Sanders kind of becoming a go-to guy as well for him. So that is actually helping him have one of his more efficient season. Like he, his catch rate is at five percent higher than any other year that he's had. Um, it's, it's less on his shoulders to just be the guy that they got to throw to down the field as well. And there's been a little bit of a disconnect. I, it hasn't all been him on the deep ball. Like we were talking about a lot earlier, Quint Ewers was not doing very well down the field, which is where Xavier Worthy's skill set derives. So, can do we have to pin that all on Worthy and say that he's not doing bad this year? I. I I think watching the film, this is where watching the film comes in, that I think I put some of that on Quinn Evers a little bit. So I'm still happy to take him here at 110. I see a translatable skill set to the NFL, and I think teams are going to like him. I got I got a lot of hate for my poll for YS Hero 2 for putting Worthy up there. Like I, I know, I yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, it was only like one guy, really. It was like one guy consistently, like every time you put him up. But what, what are yeah, two guys? I, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that's going to happen. Um, but yeah. anyways, he, he's four for 15 on uh, 20, 20 yard throws. Uh, anyway, it's, I, I agree. I think it's on Quinn as well as it's on Worthy in his questionable hands. Um, yeah. But I think that's more on Quinn. But anyway, yeah, I, I, he's only with this like game breaking speed, you know? Um, I still, I still think he's, I think he's in day one discussions because of his speed and what he can offer a team compared to the rest of his class. Cause none of the rest of his class is really can offer speed and also some separation ability too in the intermediate and short. So I, I, I like this pick, uh, going over to the one eleven here. I picked Keon Coleman. This is what we have. Why are we like five here? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, five. six, six. Harrison Abuga neighbors. Oh, Dune's 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 Dune. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this is wide receiver six, Keon Coleman, who some people say wide receiver two. But Keon Coleman, uh, Michigan transfer going to Florida State, uh, really inconsistent this year. So I really want to talk about last year more. Last year was very consistent at the catch point, very bully ballers. But on top of that, he's got really good athleticism, not just straight line athleticism. I'm talking about like he can do some in breaking stuff and he can make guys miss as well. And he's usually pretty tough, too, to bring down. This year is very different, and they're having him run very different routes. I think he struggles sitting in the zone. I think he struggles even reading zones. He's much mm. more of a 1v1 type of guy, excels on the boundary. Um, I, I think he's actually terrible on comeback routes. I, I don't think he knows how to sit still. Like I think he just prefers yeah. to be in motion. And, be and do you think that he really – do you think that he kind of has that snapback to come back on those curls, like some, like Cedric Tillman last year, that was the one guy that I always thought had a great comeback route. Like he snapped back. Does Keon Coleman snap back like that to you when he's coming back no, to the ball? No, no, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think the comebacks are are 
are his route. I think he's not very good at them. And then Florida State too, like Jordan Tyson just doesn't like to like he doesn't like to anticipatory throw. Like he doesn't like to throw. Yeah, like, yeah. he needs to see a guy open, and then and then yeah, I I think he they're just not using him right. Um, yeah. But I also don't agree with the crowd calling them the wide receiver two in this class. His best two games, LSU, 122 yards, three touchdowns. Like, that was week one. Amazing. Terrible LSU defense. Like free square. Yeah, they're a terrible defense. They're a free square <laughs> for any offense. And then his next good game was Syracuse. Like, he's got some amazing one-arm grabs. Like, he's really, again, like, really good in motion. But, like, besides that, hasn't done much this year. Then against Boston College, he got zeroed. I know it was a weathery game, and he's, like, double team. But he got, he got zeroed there. Like, it's... It's not as good as a profile as people think it is. And it's kind of annoying to me that people prop him up like that. And these aren't like, I mean, he's Duke has a good secondary. They kind of they kind of stuffed him for 54 yards, like 54 yards. But like Wake, 66 yards, like Southern Miss. He was out there for yeah, 26 yards in Southern Miss. Like it's it's not yeah, good. I, I, everybody is just so gog over that first game because it was like first big game of the season. Everybody's so excited for college football and everybody just has that lasting memory of Coleman being like a monster that game. And I feel like that's just like carried throughout the season and nobody's really like cared like what he's what he's done throughout the rest of the season. And like there's not like did something happen to him his freshman season or do we completely disregard the fact that he was a year one zero? No, he was outside of it. I think he was like recruit number three hundred and three. Like it was close, but he doesn't he doesn't count. Okay, so maybe maybe he was. Yeah. I thought I looked and I thought I saw that he was within that frame. So I thought, okay, so that makes more sense or whatever. That's why I was wondering why nobody was mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so very close, regardless. But anyway, and then again, for a guy that we say should be a monster at the catch point, only thirty seven percent contested catch rate. Like it's not. It's not the greatest. It's not the greatest. I, I'm it's, these, it's these. It's these routes where they ask him to sit still. It really is. He yeah. just doesn't. I don't know. He's not used. And to I it. will say that this is the type of player that thrives with a quarterback who can throw with ball placement. Someone who can give you a back shoulder throw. Someone who can give you th- put in the right place when you're winning with leverage. I just don't think that Jordan Travis or what they're asking him to do is essentially showing his his high end traits. Like they still flash every once in a while. You still see it during some of those big games, but like having a quarterback who, who can throw those pinpoint where you can win, even when you're not having three yards of separation or whatever. I think Keon Coleman can win that way. It's just like, we haven't really gotten the opportunity to see it with the way that they're using him. He's good at surviving contact. I'm talking like when, like at, at like, like at the catch point, like he's so good at like, he can, yeah, I, I, at the catch point, Marvin Harrison will win the catch point, but he won't like land on his feet. Like he won't get the extra yards. I think Keon Coleman was very consistent landing on his feet and getting extra yards. Uh, at least he was at Michigan. I, I just, I think he's getting misused by Florida State. All right. Anyway, Keon Coleman, that's my one eleven wide receiver six. I don't think he should be. I don't know. I don't think he's the first round talent in the NFL, but I think he's top fifty. That's my that's my grade on him. He's a top fifty NFL talent. Corey, you want to hit us with your one twelve? Okay, so at the 112, I'm going to go with a wide receiver that I kind of expect to rise a little bit through the draft uh, process a little bit. It feels like the draft Knicks aren't on him as much, but the Dynasty community is very on him. He's rising through Debbie ranks, and I'm talking about Oregon wide receiver Troy Franklin. This is a guy I wasn't even huge on that much in his freshman year. I thought he looked a little bit raw, looked a little bit unrefined. Um, and then, you know, year two, you saw a lot of improvement in that offense with Bo Nix as well. And then like year three, he's taking even another jump. I mean, you could even argue that Troy Franklin should be in, in contention for the Blitnikoff this year with the way he's been performing. But, you know, he's a little bit of a weird build. And that's one thing I know that you harp on a little bit with a little bit of the skinny, very athletic, maybe not super physical for the type of size that he has. But um, I see a guy who moves very well. 
I see a guy who's added more deception in his routes as his year has gone on. I see a versatile guy as well. I, this guy who's played out of the slot. This guy who's played outside a little bit. Um, has increased his, his contested catch percentage year after year as well. He's become more of a wide receiver. And this is what we want to see from these raw guys uh, from the beginning, right? The guys who become more of a wide receiver, refine their craft a little bit as they go. And now I'm starting to see in my opinion, an NFL player on Sundays. Plus, he's got that athleticism that I think is really going to turn heads through this draft process as well. And, you know, I think he's a sneaky, like, you know, like back end first, even early second round, if he kind of blows up the combat. Uh, like, I don't, I don't, dude, like if this guy, like if Troy Franklin runs like a 4.39, like people are going to go like crazy over him, man. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just ends up like that. Like Zay Flowers ended up like that. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's that guy of this class that just goes a lot higher than anybody ever expects. But regardless, 112 here, I'm pretty happy taking him here. And I, I think I might even take Troy Franklin before Keon Coleman. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going <laughs> <laughs> to. We're, we're going to talk about Troy Franklin a lot in the offseason, like a ton, so I won't get into it. But I am not a fan. But I also don't think this is egregious. So I, I guess I'm maybe I'm just crying over spilled milk here, but I think that's a fine pick. Yeah, like I like back into your first whatever. I thought that you had come around a little bit on Troy Franklin throughout. Some I of think the he's years. just a like, straight line guy. I don't know if he really translates to NFL. I think he's phenomenal in college and like he's killing it. And uh, I think that's I think that's underselling him a little bit. But yeah, that that when we get into our film review a little bit more later on, then we, then okay. we can break it down a little. And like he is a wide receiver seven here. Like I don't I don't have an issue. Like I think in my yeah. rankings I have one guy in front of him, which we'll talk about later. But yeah yeah so i i don't know i just don't whatever all right let me recap let me recap 101 drake may uh quarterback from unc 102 caleb williams quarterback from usc uh 103 marvin harrison jr from ohio state 104 travion henderson running back rb1 from ohio state 105 our rb2 here braylon allen 106 our wide receiver two and Emeka abuka also from ohio state 107 <laughs> we got Malik Neighbors, wide receiver three. At the 108, wide receiver four, we have Rome Odunze. At the 109, we got tight end one, Brock Bowers. At the 110, we have wide receiver five and Xavier Worthy. At the 111, wide receiver six, Keon Coleman. And then 112, wide receiver seven, and Troy Franklin. <laughs> the floor well, is yours, my friend, 201. Yeah, I don't like this at all. So <laughs> I am... I, um, I'm taking this guy for the value. <laughs> Just like code word for I don't like this guy at all. Uh, so um, JJ McCarthy, uh, quarterback from Michigan, um, hasn't done anything this yes. year at all. It was so embarrassing. Quarterback three. ESPN put up like the top four guys, like top four um, uh, teams and like their best like games. And like, Michigan's resume was Minnesota and Rutgers. Like, it, was, it was so sad. <laughs> um so, they, they've had a pretty easy ride i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mistake that yeah i think i think Mich- first off this whole team in michigan but the, the jj mccarthy's like whole like career trajectory for like this year really depends on the next couple of games uh so they get like penn state their first real challenge because he's been kept clean the entire year he can do whatever he wants he has tons of time to throw the ball Corey will always say that you can teach a clinic on how he throws the ball. I don't disagree. I think he throws a really nice spiral. I just don't know if he's a good processor. I don't know if he's got like the right like accuracy for it. But again, arm talent's there. Really good athleticism too. Like the tool, it's tools. This is the tools argument. The way people would argue for like Will Levis, uh, except for I, I think he, I think competent Will Levis was a little bit insulting. But it, it's it's the tools argument for JJ McCarthy and. He's done really well against terrible competition, with the exception of Bowling Green. Everyone's thought to have a bad day. Um, 
but we'll, we're going to understand more what type of QB he is over these final weeks of the season. So for me in this class, I don't think he's coming out. I, and I just don't, but we'll find out here next couple of weeks. But if he were, I think he's QB three, he's developmental. And I don't think he's a first round pick. I think he's an early day two pick the way Will Levis was, but he's a project I'm going to, I'm willing to somewhat believe in. And I think this is fine value at the 201. Yeah. I think the hype is too strong for him not to, not to go. Um, so I, I think he's probably going. He hasn't played it's, one yet. What if he like fumbles the bag these next two weeks in a row? I then guess that's true. Then... Yeah, it, it kind of depends on how the, the rest of this finishes. But it's I will say, like, I'm, yeah, yeah, I, I did. I kind of did this to you. Like I kind of like I wanted to avoid it as long as I can to see. I want. I kind of wanted to see who your quarterback three was, and I wanted to see if you're going to do it as JJ McCarthy. Um, I thought it was going to be somebody else. Who you ended up taking later? We'll end up getting into that guy a little bit. I but, yeah. Well, I I. I, I, I tweeted out I think like two weeks ago that I don't think Quinn or JJ are coming out this year. And if that holds, then the other guy that we'll probably talk about, I believe is my QB three. That's been a guy that I've seen um, a little bit of improvement from this year though. Like, um, ability in the pocket, climbing the pocket a little bit more playing within structure. This is one of the things that we wanted to see from him, not wanting to just get outside the pocket and do something outside of structure and, and extend the play a little bit. I, I've seen a little bit more from that this year, schedule aside. So uh, he's doing really well in the advanced metrics. I know Travis may has a, a quarterback model. He's always putting out on Twitter and now like JJ McCarthy is like freaking top of the class right now. Like he's hitting all those metrics that we want to see from an advanced standpoint. So he's doing a lot of the things that I think put quarterback through. I mean, you sold it well as well. I think he has great tools. I think he throws might even be the prettiest damn ball in this class. Um, and, you know, I, I think NFL teams are going to really like him. And I think he might not be a top 15 pick. He might be more of like your back end first, but I think he's got a, cho- a shot at it. And at 201 here, this will be great value if he actually ends up going here. So at 202, I'm going to go with, I would say, the the running back of back to Devi, I guess, for uh, <laughs> for this upcoming draft class. Um, and that's going to be Kansas running back Devin Neal. Um, RB3. RB3. Two questions that we've had. He's progressively gotten better year after year as well. His efficiency remains up there despite a team that's like kind of middling sometimes and refuses to give him the full workload a lot. They always want to work in another guy, which is, you know, just kind of surprising. I wish they would, but every time he's gotten the full workload, he's looked awesome. He looked good in the receiving game. And to me, the full pictures come for him as a running back, like um, between vision behind the line of scrimmage when to accelerate, when to have patience, when to burst through the hole and the burst that he has, everything that he had, like the complete skill set is really starting to come together for him in his third year here. And it's really starting to transcend himself. Like if he was playing for a more prominent program, he might even be RB one in this class. Like, you know, like if he was getting freaking Travion Henderson's workload at Ohio state, he might be RB one in this class with the way that he looks, but I really just need to turn is just the amount of attention he's going to get from Kansas. Cause I have no concerns about the skill set. He's got the size. He's got the production profile. He's got the skill set. I have no concerns about any of that. I'm just worried about the, about the attention he's going to get. He doesn't seem to be ranked highly for like any of the draft nicks out there. He's not routinely talked about by a lot of guys besides like Debbie guys and some of the dynasty community out there. So uh, that's my biggest concern right now, but I really think this guy's a gem. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. We were pretty right. Like last year, we were the guys calling out Kendrick Miller. I think Devin Neal's in the same bucket. Kendrick Miller obviously is in the story of success right now. It's mostly because of his lingering injury. And I think he's been okay when he's flashed. But um, I, I think Devin Neal's locked in RB3. I'm all about it, dude. I think I think it's a third rounder, early third rounder. I'm, I'm about it. Um, at the 203, though, I take 
Devontae Walker, UNC wide receiver, uh, five years removed from high school. Five years removed from high school. Dude has insane NFL speed. Uh, I, he's listed at six foot two and a half. They corrected that on the website recently. Six foot two and a half, two hundred pounds. He's killing it. Uh, the last two weeks have been a little bit quiet, but it's just they've blown him out and they've given him some time to rest. Uh, so not like he's playing a bunch of snaps the last two weeks, but dude is being very efficient. He's definitely the focal point of the offense. Showcasing that speed. I the real question is like his footwork. I don't think his footwork is like superb. Um, he's definitely more of like an athlete out there, running really simple routes, you know, just slants, which is fine. Like I don't, I don't have any real problem with it. I think he's been doing okay in the physical, like, contested catch situation. I've always kind of been a little bit concerned about that. Never saw that at Kent State. Kent State's more of a, like, a manufactured touch type of offense. Um, but so that's kind of what I'm looking for. It's more physical play. He's kind of that size of a player, uh, just not technically refined. He will be one of the older prospects. He certainly is the oldest one I think we picked so far in this draft. Um, but I, I like Devontae Walker here, second-round pick. I, I think he's good. I think he's good. Yeah, I honestly, I, I I like that pick a lot. I think he's, I think he's a good talent. I mean, it's the profile. How much are you going to put on 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 that profile? That's a five year profile that has all that. How you're putting so much in like one year here, and you know maybe a little bit on last year at the at the year at Kent State. But he looks good, and I like the usage here. Like I don't think that it's necessary. They're using him like their main weapon. Like that first game that he played where he was fully healthy, he goes out there. He's operating out of. Outside, he catches a touchdown from outside a wide. He catches a touchdown from the slot. He takes an end around. He's like they're using him all over the field. So I love like even though he's not a refined like route runner, I still love to see that overall usage from him, that versatility that he's being able to use. And these last two weeks, like you're talking about the little snap count, he did get you know that big blow he took that took him to the hospital last week. Surprisingly, right. made it back for this week and was still able to catch two touchdowns. It's, it's almost like they were only using him in the red zone. He wasn't even like with the starting team during warmups and stuff, but he still got on the field. It's like they're just like trying to make sure that he gets a good draft profile because like this is your last shot, dude. Like you know what I mean? Get in here, get your profile. Like, crazy story. You've got the attention of everybody. Like, and I think it's going to work out well for him. I think because of those things, he's going to end up getting a lot of attention that that he he deserves. Uh, that he rightly deserves. This isn't going to be a Devin Neal situation. He's, he rightly deserves this this uh, attention. And I think it's going to turn itself into, you know, he round three type guy, but I'm hopeful for day two with him. Uh, six for seven on contested catches, by the way, of the year. I didn't really realize that until seeing PFS. Nice. Stats. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah, he'll be one that, again, I've been so busy over the last month. I haven't been able to watch this rising from him over the past month. It'd be interesting to kind of look, go back and look at the tape a little bit more and see how he kind of looks more in the refined aspects. Uh, do you think he's like, anyways. do you think he could profile to be the one? on an NFL team or you think he's just stuck being like a two? I'm like starting to think that maybe him and this is also for Troy Franklin, by the way, I think like both these guys are stuck being like, like, I don't know if they can be wiser ones. I think they're like wiser two threes, you know? Yeah. Like, I think that's a, that's definitely a possibility, I guess. Like I, I would say that they're, their skill sets could be more complementary just because they're not like super refined in all aspects of the game right now. But like, I don't know between size, athleticism and skill set, I could see a role with them being the number one of a team, but I just, I don't know if it'll be like a number. It might be like a one, a one B type situation. Okay. Yeah. All right. Give me your pick. Okay, two oh four. Again, we're just hitting value train here, and this is a guy that I do kind of like. I've always said, you know, that I 
even from his days at Indiana that I do think uh, Michael Penix Jr. has some talent in his arm. He's just had a very unfortunate injury luck throughout his career. Really only got the first chance to start last year, had his first full season last year, has carried it very well, you know, with Kalen DeBoer coming over to Washington, bringing Michael Penix over there. Uh, the second season, he's, he's growing a little bit more. I still see a lot of issues. Like, I'm not going to stand here and tell you this is a bona fide, like, great prospect. There's ball placement issues. There's, uh, like, he's, he's accurate, but it's just like where the ball goes sometimes. You see a lot of his receivers having to adjust for balls behind them, um, uh, out, um, on them instead of a uh, instead of in front of them. Lack of a lack of uh, anticipation a little bit. He still does have anticipatory throws, but doesn't lead. I guess sometimes like like leading a receiver in order to make a yak play on the ball. Sometimes these guys are having to make like these crazy catches and not able to like make a crazy play after the ball. Sometimes he's. Very good in the pocket, though. I'll give him that. I think he's got one of the lowest sack rates over like the past two years for a quarterback. Um, has a good, great arm hitting all three levels of the field. It's, it's Pac-12 defenses. Don't give him credit for not for the same Pac-12 defenses that gave Caleb Williams the highest sack rate over the past two years. They have a so, terrible I mean, offensive line. They, they, I mean, say, I mean, still, it's the same thing. Drake Mays also had one of the worst past twelve years playing. You know, maybe not the same level of competition in Pac-12, but but still. I still give him credit for that because there's guys doing worse against the same competition that we believe should be doing better. So I still give him credit for that. I still think he does a lot of things well, but this still to me is a project more than people want to admit. I, I think he's, I think he's more of like a day two pick as a quarterback, but with the hype he's getting with everything, if he sneaks into that first round, someone's going to give him a shot. Two or four is going to be around where I think you're going to expect to see him go. You know what? I think I came a little bit hot there. I'm sorry, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> I I think he's a pocket passer. I, I don't mm. really I don't think he I not that anyone's calling him a dual threat or like a scrambler, but people are like, oh yeah, he can escape the pocket. I don't think he really like he does it out of necessity, not out of like it being no, he's he's a pocket navigator. I I find him good in that aspect. Like he he sometimes has a good sense for pressure, climbing in the pocket, moving a little bit left, moving a little bit right, but it's always eyes downfield as a pocket passer. It's just the sack rate was actually pretty impressive. I think compared to what other guys have been doing, the same type of defenses, no, it's, um, that it's been pretty it's good. good. Yeah, it was, yeah. that was a good point. It's good. I think it's like 7, 7.7% here. Um, on yeah. PFF. Uh, so um, I, I think it's pocket passer and I don't like my pocket passers having ball placement issues. Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you know, yeah. and he's a little bit older too. So like, not it's one of those things player. that you don't really that don't really fix as well. You know, you might just be dealing with like like Colin Kaepernick was this type of passer. You might just be dealing with that constantly. It's going to get there. It just might not be like you're never going to be able to be a consistent back shoulder thrower or a consistent like anticipatory thrower. I think. So I was being like ambiguous earlier by saying if I so I, like as of today, we'll, we'll see how McCarthy plays in the next couple of weeks. But I don't think. McCarthy or Quinn are, are coming out this year. And if that's the case, then I think Penix is my QB three, but I think he's QB three mm-hmm. as in like a third round QB, you know, and then you can believe in you if you believe or not. Like, I think he's like a Hendon hooker. Yeah, I kind of compliment to that. So um, I don't even know if he's even better than Hendon hooker's prospects. If you take away the ACL injuries from, from both of them, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's fine, uh, but I do think he's QB three for me. Uh, going on to my pick here. I actually like your pick more after mine, by the way. But I'm I'm going with Texas running back Jonathan Brooks. He, I am not with the rest of the community calling him the RB one in this class. I think Dan Brugler has him as RB one in the class. 
I don't see NFL traits. I just don't. I get it. Like I see the efficiency. I think he's got one of the, some of the best vision in the class. He's more of a slippery rather than like a wiggle or like a you know a lateral agility type of guy. He's not really running with a lot of power either. There's just no real traits here. But he's doing everything. I like 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 excellent. He's doing he's excellent. This is the type of guy that every single year you can identify in the NFL draft as like. There's nothing you can absolutely love about him, but he's good enough. And if he falls in the right situation, you're gonna like have maybe one good year out of him. You know, Tyler Algier. Tyler Algier like came yeah. behind um Cordell Russell, who's like 32 years old, and then uh Damian, um, the dude from the Chiefs that was also like 30 years old, and both of them have injury issues. Like it's yeah, there's always like one guy each year that falls into an opportunity and you feel good enough about his skill set to like be like a thousand yard rusher, mostly off opportunity rather than skill. That's Jonathan Brooks for me. Jonathan Brooks is the good enough award winner for this year's class as a running back. Um, so 205 right now feels egregious. And I think that'll auto correct by the NFL draft. Cause I think, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a true day two talent. I think he can slip maybe back into the third. Uh, but I, I don't think he's more than that. You know, Brian, Brian Robinson too is in that bucket. Like he's not that good. So yeah. I, I think he's in that bucket of player. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't have to add a whole bunch more. Um, I think that you're hitting it on the head a little bit there. I think that it, the hype is getting a little bit extra. Anybody who's been listening to the show for the past couple of weeks know, that knows that I'm not necessarily buying the Brooks Kool-Aid right now. I don't see like elite traits. I don't see a great lateral mover. Um, I don't see a guy who's like super creative on the second level either. Just a guy that has good vision and can follow his blocks and can get everything that his line is giving him, which is, which is just your base level understanding at the NFL, which is something that that has worked out for guys in the past to have led them to, you know, some production on the NFL level. I just don't think that this is a bona fide guy. And in NFL circles, running backs, you know, like I just feel like I can find a replaceable talent like that. Like to me, it's a replaceable talent. And I feel like I can find that somewhere like we were talking about before pitching a freaking third round pick to grab us Gus Edwards instead or whatever. Like I just don't think Jonathan Brooks is going to ever be something super exciting. Like maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm going to be proven wrong here. Um, and I'll do a deep dive into this tape a little bit, but from the deeper dive that I did take about a couple of, uh, about last month or whatever, when I was looking at his stuff, I, I'm not that impressed. So um, heading over to 206 here though, keeping it with the Texas theme, um, a guy who's risen a little bit uh, for me, and that's wide receiver Adonai Mitchell, who still still a fairly raw guy to me. Um, doesn't even really jump off the page when you look at the advanced metrics. You know, like the yards per out run is like under two. His contested catch rate is like, you know, I mean, whatever, it's fine. Um, but you know, something has really clicked here with with Malik Murphy over the past two weeks at quarterback as well. You know, they he just has to me that body control and that contortion that you can't teach. You know, it's that it's that elite trait we're talking about that you can pin on him. It's the same thing, you know, with like Zay Flowers last year. There's not many wide receivers that could move the way he could. He took that elite trait all the way to the first round. I think Adonai Mitchell, the way he catches the ball, having these circus catches and, and putting together more of a refined wide receiver here this year, you know, being used in a little bit of different ways. The shorter routes, um, being a red zone weapon, catching the ball over the top as well. I think he's putting together a nice season for himself. I still think he's raw. But the hype that's all around him and it, the way he's going to test and the, that movement that he has, I think he can carry that into an NFL team and they can continue to develop him from there, which is, you know, even something that we saw with DK Metcalf. I don't think DK Metcalf was even a very refined wide receiver when he came to the NFL. This is a guy that I think can build on those traits as he gets to the next level. Uh, so 206 here, I'm happy to take the shot on this guy and see what happens. No, yeah, I love the raw tools. I, I sometimes forget about him because I don't feel like it's going to come out this year. Uh, but Yeah, that's that's a very real possibility. 
If he did though, like where do you feel like he goes in the NFL draft? Like I don't like if he did come out. Round late round two, early round three. Yeah, I think he's a third rounder too. But I, yeah. I, I thought you nailed it on head with his skill set. Like that he is George Pickens esque with his hands and body contortion, and that, that definitely has like a place somewhere. You can be really good at one thing and still make an NFL. It's just it's just much much harder. Um, so I, I did like that. I like that. That's that's like an upside pick, and that's like perfect in the second round of your rookie draft. Like that's upside, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like that. Uh. So my next pick. Since I get to the right tab, uh, <laughs> continuing with the Texas themed, <laughs> I took Quinn Ewers two hundred seven here. I truly don't believe he comes out, but the rules were that if they're eligible uh, to draft, like that's that they're going in the draft. I think Quinn Ewers, no matter what, is a day two pick. I I, I understand that he's not. The, these deep balls are not good. Like they're lollipop. They're kind of floated. He's more like relying on ball placement, and like you can like see that like in his stats too. I gotta pull it up though. But like the real the real criticism against Quinn is is his deep ball. But his like short intermediate like they're fine. Like they're fine. He has a um, I'm trying to pull it up a seventy point four percent completion percentage, thirteen touchdowns, three interceptions. Like he doesn't put this ball in harm's way. Like he's very like safe with it, and I like that a lot about a QB. Like it's I, I think about Mac Jones right. Like Mac he doesn't work out right. He needs a first round talent, but like you can argue that he wasn't, and I think that's a fine argument too. But like. If you're going to be a pocket passer, you you want your pocket passer to be like a high IQ type of guy. And that was like Mac Jones's profile. I think Quinn Ewers can do the same thing. He's not putting this ball in harm's way. He's still efficient. He's just not going to these deep balls. He'll have another year to work on it. But I, like everything else in his profile to me, it's fine. I, I think everything else is fine. It's just the deep balls are bad. And ball placement's fine. It's just that you still wish he throws a little bit more oomph because unless he just gives the defenders too much time to close space on his wide receivers. So I think Quinn Ewers is one of those guys that's a day two player, but like a day two guy that like, depending on like, oh, he sits behind like Kirk Cousins, you know, for a year or two, like you feel good. He's going to have an actual shot at starting. Uh, and that's what well, one that's value there. So I, I think it's a fine shot to take here. I, I, I think the market has overcorrected on Quinn. Uh, people are really coming down on him, but I, I think he's guaranteed day two. They're not. Day, yeah. I think he's guaranteed day two draft capital. Given the situation, I'm kind of interested. Yeah. I mean, if he could just look like he looked in that Alabama game for like a freaking season, then maybe we'd have something, but it's just, it's the inconsistency with him. And he hasn't had the greatest luck with health yes. either, which is, which is like the biggest problem. Um, Cause he hasn't really had the chance to get into like the kind of rhythm that we've kind of been hoping to see from him. But the one thing that I will say that I've always liked from him is that I feel like I see arm talent there. Like, you know, sometimes the footwork is a little bit off, but you even see him trying to figure out this deep ball with Worthy. And you saw in that Alabama game, all of a sudden he's like putting more air under the ball. And then other times he's rifling it more. And it's like, it's not always working, but he has the ability and he has the tools to try to figure it out. And you can see him trying to figure out what he needs to fix. And I like that he has the ability to do that. He can, you know, I need to put this more on a rope. I need to put more air under it. And he's trying to find the perfect balance between that. Um, but I just like that he has that arm talent there. I'm still a little bit lower than a lot of guys right now. I just feel like it's been too inconsistent. I feel like we are holding on to the fact that he was one of the highest rated prospects in freaking 247 history. And yeah. uh, and we're, we're holding on to that a little bit right now. Um, so I, I need to see it a little bit more. But here at 207, taking the shot and you know calling him a day two pick, I think that's a perfectly fine spot to take him. There's, just, there's flashes too. And I remember I was watching yeah. the Houston game and talking about in the Slack. 
I think he threw a perfect game the second half. I don't think he had a, a single incompletion. I gotta go check that, but like, yeah, these deep balls are just bad. But it's everything else is fine. Everything else is good. Yeah. So hopefully, a, a guy that can definitely help his stock um, by staying, because I also think next year's class is is looking thin at the quarterback position, which he could also help himself with. But um, going on to my pick here, two oh eight. Um, this guy is going to be a very polarizing pick, and I'm. I don't think I don't even know a lot of people who probably make this pick and maybe I'm just holding on a little bit too long here. But again, we were just talking about Jonathan Brooks. He's Dane Brugler's RB1 right now. And the reason that we we've kind of know that is because Dane Brugler put out a sheet. He didn't have any running backs in his top 50 ranked, but he wrote an article that I just finished reading. Guys, he had a really hard time leaving out of the top 50. He listed two running backs there. Number one was Jonathan Brooks. The other one, surprisingly, was Florida State running back Trey Benson still. And, you know, obviously a guy who had a very fantastic season last year, um, major expectations coming into this year, and he just really hasn't lived up to it. And it's it's been unfortunate. I think he really looked kind of bad to start the season. He's definitely looked a little bit better as the season has gone on. Maybe he's trying to dance around a little bit less, maybe just getting downhill a little bit faster. But they've also taken a lot of the workload off his plate. He's getting, you know, he's averaging like 10 yards a carry or, some, or uh, 10 carries a game right now or something, 10 to 12 carries a game, you know, three catches or something like that. The workload is just not there to see. But, you know, as Dane Brugler writes in his thing, he's still sees a lot of traits that he likes from the tackle breaking from the pass catching from the ability in the open field this was a guy that has return ability too so i still see a lot of traits there the size there like this guy is like you know the common comparison i think coming into the season everybody wanted to call trey benson javante williams clone i don't like he's like a cheap version of javante williams this is where uh, i would kind of lay that on a guy who needs to still need to figure it out a little bit more, but I, I think I'm still happy to take the shot here at two eight and see where I'm going. It. I could see this not even being a pick, but by, by at the end of the year, if it continues to go downhill, but I'm also just hoping he's kind of takes this recent trend and kind of hopefully finishes the season strong. Yeah. I, I didn't like the Javante Williams comp. I think it's just because the missed tackles force, but if you like watch yeah. him run, it's different. I think Javante gets low and Ben is very much an upright runner. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been frustrated. I've gotten in Slack a few times saying I don't know what to do with Benson in my rankings. Like, I don't know what to do with him. So I'm glad you took him here. Um, yeah. I have no idea. I don't even know if I believe him as a day two guy. Like, that's my, like, I don't, I have no idea what to think. I know. I'm like, he might be that Ron four guy. We just know has some talent and hopefully the situation is right for him to make an impact early. I don't know. I feel like there's one guy each year. Last year for me, it was Israel Bonaconda. Like, oh, this guy could be a second round talent or he could be like a yeah. fifth round talent and end up being a fifth. But like, that's, that's probably how I'm going to look at it like pessimistically. Anyway, yeah. uh, 209. Uh, I went with the um, other Washington wide receiver, Jalen McMillan. He's been hurt this year. Yeah, this uh, is great value, by the way, too. I actually, like, I was sad when you made this pick. I actually thought I should have taken him earlier. I think this is a very clear tier break for wide receivers too for me. So yeah. I, I, I yeah, because I, I think I think he would have I think he would have thrived this year. He was like second half of last year. He was out producing Roma Dunze, which isn't ever talked about. Um, yeah, and he and, and he's you know he's a little bit more of a versatile guy too. Like between like what you can do with him, like outside, inside, like routes you can do with him a little bit. Like he's he's, he's kind of like that all around guy. He's he's your like I made a meme the other day that it's like you know, hey mom can we get some Emeka Abuka? And then your mom's like, no, we got a Mecca Abuka at home. And at home it's Jalen McMillan. You know, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of like, that's kind of what I see in him a little bit. 
I think I think he can be a pretty good route runner too. I haven't like done yeah. a film study this year because he's been hurt the whole time, and obviously their schedule to start off was pretty cupcake. So I hope to see him again like sometime this year, or else I expect him to come out to the Senior Bowl. Actually, I think I kind of expect him to come out to the Senior Bowl no matter what. But um, yeah, I think Jalen Millen could be a really solid possession uh, route runner type wide receiver. You're getting him at a discount because he hasn't played half this year, but I, I do think yeah. he would have thrived this year, and I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing him down the stretch. Love that pick there. Uh, um, definitely a guy that deserves to be a second round pick. At 210, I'm going with, uh, I'm hammering running back a little bit here, which is not the greatest draft to do it, but it's also just the philosophy that I do believe, especially once you start getting to the back end of your second, to the top of your third. You know, sometimes these running backs, you know, injury in front of them, you get playing time, especially if you're a guy who doesn't, you know, take that running back early or have a lot of running backs in your team. Somebody just needs to take a shot. And I'm taking about a shot on a guy who I loved as a freshman and has had a little bit of a rebirth here this year. And that's USC running back Marshawn Lloyd, who I think has a very nice skill set. I think he's as a mover and a runner, I think he's a little bit DeAndre Swift-ish, but I don't think he carries the same power. So I think some of that, I wonder if he's more going to be a complimentary type option, like a one B in an offense, or maybe even a one A, but not, somebody who's you know gonna carry the the uh, short yardage role or carry the touchdown or the uh the red zone role which might hamper his his uh his fantasy upside so that's probably my biggest concern with marshawn lloyd but very good runner very quick feet um this is a guy that i thought i constantly say presses the line better than anybody in this class like i love the way he can press and then has the lateral ability to get outside still um i love his ability in the open field this is a guy who likes to get outside he kind of progress as the play pr- progresses he tries to you know move the play outside and and use that speed as he gets towards the outside but he's looked very dynamic even up the middle on some of these plays he's looking like that guy that i kind of fell in love with as a freshman Having a little bit of a rebirth here, I think he's going to get that attention at USC as well. So Marshawn Lloyd here at the 210, and hopefully he lands himself in a decent situation in the NFL. I watched his tape. I think it was last week. I still think – I think I think he's closer to 200 pounds. I think he's going to be undersized. He doesn't yeah. have a lot of power. But I, and I that's, don't... that's why I'm talking about him like that too because I also think that too, especially for a guy who's 5'8". Like, yeah, should, but he, he definitely has like lateral agility that's lacking in his class. Like that's, yes. like, that's certainly lacking in his class. So I, I think he's – I, I've looked at my rankings, but like art, like we have RB five in this mock draft. I think that's probably an appropriate range for RB five. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Going on to two eleven, my last pick here. I chose JT Sanders, the tight end two for us here. Um, Sanders has been like somewhat disappointing this year. I don't know if that's on Quinn. Quinn has just too many actual good options to throw to this year. Uh, but I think JT has a complete skill set. Um, I don't know what the full like receiving upside is, but he is absolutely like a very good athlete. He's going to test very well. I think that's more important for tight ends than other positions. Has the prerequisite size of like six foot four, two forty, you know. So I, I think kind of toolsy, but also like not super raw either. So I, I'm kind of excited to see what the NFL puts him. I think he's a I think he's a second round tight end. I really do, um, but we'll see. Corey, who do you have at the two twelve? Oh yeah, two twelve. I actually have this blank. Um, because I actually I had such a hard time even like freaking deciding on an option. Um, I think there's a, I think there's a lot of option here. I think Elijah Badger is the guy that I would consider here oh, at okay. two twelve. Um, the guy that we talked about a little bit earlier, a guy that we're that I'm pretty high on. I'm just worried about the attention he's going to get, especially at the way Arizona State is right now. I even wonder if he could return again. Uh, I think he has that uh, that option too if he wants to. He was part of that COVID class, so he has that extra year of eligibility if he wants it. Um, and then you know we've got those day two guys as well. Talking about 
Um, those potential day two guys, those risers, Xavier Leggett out of South, Cal- uh, South Carolina, um, Brian Thomas out of LSU. Like these are all guys that I think could be in consideration around here, even from two eight down that I think if these guys land in a good position that can, that can help us put some more stock into their profile. Cause some of their profiles are bad, especially like Leggett and Brian Thomas only kind of blowing up his last year here, but he also, he, he has a pretty decent looking profile actually but if he lands in a good spot you know a second round pick goes to like the chiefs this this could be the guy you're taking at 208 instead of trey benson or Jalen mcmillan or something like that so i 212 felt very open to me and it almost felt like we almost needed the draft to decide so it's like i i think there's a lot of options here but those are some of the names i was considering as well as you know if you want to talk to tight end class a little here you know dallin holker out of colorado state is a guy that i've really started to like a guy that reminds me of of great dulcet Dolchich a little bit. I think uh, Ben Sinat over at Kansas State, another tight end that Dean Brugler had as his like tight end four in this class. All guys that I think could could fall to this spot. And at 212 at the last spot, I just wanted to have more of an open discussion on guys you felt could be here because I just feel like it's so open and and the draft might really determine where we're going here. No, I'm with you. Usually for my draft strategy, even in tight end premium classes, I, I usually try to target tight ends back of the second, early third. Yeah. Um, and then flipping for value right away because I don't want to play that game. But like I, I this is a good like this could be another good class. You said Holker and Sanat, but like Ben Eurosec has been misused, but yeah. he flashes here and there's a good pass catcher. Eric All was on a good trajectory till he got hurt. Same with Luke, Luke Lachey, Lachey, but, Yeah. Yeah. Uh so we'll to see how those guys like test and their health and draft capital, all that stuff like that. This could be another solid tight end class. Or not. That's kind of how tight ends are. Um uh, so anyway, um that that's where I would take these guys. So like Marshawn Lloyd, I, I could see falling off. Yeah. Um, Trey Benson, such a mystery to me. Quinn Ewers yeah. doesn't come out. You know, AD Mitchell might not come out. So I I could see us like post NFL draft, like actual NFL draft, filling up the back of our second with tight ends that we like. Um, yeah. All the guys we haven't talked about though, like Raheem Sanders, like who, um, I put on some film on Twitter too of his like biggest run of the year, which was last week for 19 yards. Like, and I I threw on um, someone's thread of highlight plays from Nick Pentikoff. Yeah, it's not the same athlete. It's very clearly not the same athlete. He needs to lose weight. He's got to go back. But if he was coming out to this draft, because this is what this exercise is, I, I think he's like a fifth rounder. And maybe yeah. like maybe on like combine time he comes out and just like Ramondre, he like loses weight. He cuts back down to like two thirty. Like I'm very interested in like that would like I'm I'm trying to get value then for sure 100. But I, as of like today, like he's he's a mid day three guy and I'm probably not too interested in him. Like we know that talent's there too, right? Like we kind of knew it. Like Ramondre yeah, never had it. like Ramondre never had like crazy statistical production either. You know what I mean? He just kind of produced in that uh, produced flashed enough that made you believe in it showed a little bit of that footwork but i have to agree with you 100 like he just does not look the same guy and he just came back from dallas after rehabbing his knee he was doing some kind of special treatment over in dallas came back practiced limited all week and then played this game he didn't even start the game ended up going over 100 yards this game and i was really eager to get to a better look at it i never did i'm glad you did and, and again yeah. you, that, that tape that you showed and yeah he just doesn't look like the same guy man and the, vi- that's, the that's there, and yeah, then, but he's lumbering. Like his, his stiff arms were like off timed. Like he, he's not even like adjusted yeah. to his body. Like he was like missing like, like he's trying to cut and like you know push with that opposite hand to get like yeah. you know push the guy across his body, and he's like whiffing with his hand. Like he's got T Rex arms. I'm like, was he like? The problem with Sanders too, I think like in his profile was that you know this this is a bigger back, and this was a back that I wrote you know 
was more of your David Johnson type in the fact that I didn't think that he that he ran with a ton of power like through his first two seasons. I think that was still part of his game. You know, he was he this guy was the guy who played a lot of wide receiver um, in high school as well. So he had a learning curve to kind of be more of a running back. And I thought power was something that would come over time. And you saw a little bit more of it last year, but I still thought he could always have been better at the point of a point of attack. And now he's added the weight. And now it's like he's trying to run like a more powerful back, but I don't think he ne- necessarily ever had that in his repertoire. So it's kind of a weird mix for him. He was better as that David Johnson, a little bit lighter, a guy that you could toss to and be a little bit more explosive. Like that's the guy he needs to be. And right now he's not that. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about Blake Horn. Uh <laughs> Blake Horn hasn't had a single 100-yard rushing game. This, oh, he's had one against Bowling Green. Okay, so he hasn't had a single 100-yard rushing game against a Power 5 opponent. His last three games, four, four yards per attempt against Indiana, 3.9 yards per attempt against Michigan State, 2.9 yards per attempt against Purdue. I hope you guys listen to me all the last two years to sell him. He's not, he's not an NFL running back. 2.4 yards after contact. It's... He's not. He's not an NFL running back. That was that was a really good offensive line for the two years they got Joe Moore Award winners. Uh, they still have a really good offensive line. I don't know if they're going to win that award this year for a third year in a row. But that like it's this guy thrived off of having free free lanes into the second level on a very consistent level, and now it's not. It's not. It's not there anymore. So Blake Horm still here, listed at five foot eight, two thirteen. I still bet he's closer to five foot six, two hundred, but. Um. Yeah. So Blake Horn, not here. Never will be with us. Go to a different podcast for that. Uh. Hmm. Bo Bo Nix, Corey. A lot of people still have Bo Nix super high as an NFL draft guy. Can you tell me what you don't like about Bo Nix? Because like, if you're just box score scouting, not bad. Like, not bad. What What don't you like about Bo Nix? I think when it comes to Bo Nix, it comes to um. You know, and we say this with a lot of guys, but this is one of the pure differentiators of, you know, like a guy in college who can succeed versus a guy who who can't succeed at the next level. Um, and in college, you can get away with being late and not throwing with anticipa- anticipation and not throwing on time sometimes. And that's Onyx's biggest issue in my in my opinion. Troy Franklin could have such even more production in my, like when I'm watching Troy Franklin tape, there's times he's getting behind the defense. And if the ball was there, it would be a huger play, but it's not, it gets there late and Troy Franklin has to slow down and wait for the ball or it gets there and it becomes a contested catch situation instead of one that should have been a 60 yard touchdown or something like that. Those are the issues I see with him. Like, he just like it, it's almost like Will Levis ish, but I don't know if he has the same arm that Will Levis had to get him out of trouble. Whereas, like, if he's going to be late on those struggles in the NFL, that might be getting picked off. That might mean interceptions. That might mean that DB's undercutting you. Those are some of the biggest problems that I have with Bonix. I think he's a great athlete. I think he's great at extending the play. I think that he's taking steps forward as well. Like, I'm not going to say that he's a he's he's anywhere the guy that we thought he was at as a at Auburn, which is like we completely wrote him off at Auburn. I think he's made strides since then. I just think that those things don't necessarily get fixed at the next level if you don't fix them within five years already. So those are my problems where, where it comes. I think he's like a day three project type. If you're going to like late day three or like late day two, baby, if you're going to take him there early day three project type that you're going to toss behind your guy, maybe he, maybe he can Dak Prescott himself into a starting role in the NFL. But I just, I, I'm not betting on that right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we briefly touched we touched on Brian Thomas, right? We didn't really talk about I mean you are not. Are you like do you like Brian Thomas? Like do you think he's a second round like rookie pick? 
I think he's going to end up a D2 pick with his production. But, like, we've talked yeah, about good. him a little bit before. I did talk about him as he could potentially even be here as a, a, an option at 212, depending on where draft capital falls for him. Um, good, better profile. This is one of those guys that has a better profile on paper than what I actually see on the field. I think he's running a very, like, he's not running a very versatile amount of routes. He's winning a lot with athleticism. He's not not a lot of deception in his routes. But he Great looks exposed. Yeah, but he looks explosive. I will. I do have to get that's something I thought early in his career. I thought he was more possession. He looks more explosive this year. And I don't know if that was something he planned for in this offseason and carried into this season. But I am seeing a little bit more of that from him, which I like. And I just think I just think he's a very singular role type guy right now. And there's more expansion to come in his route tree, at least when when it comes to the next level for him. Yeah, I, deep ball specialist type guy. I I will say this: we talked about guys that are gonna fall off. Like I think he's one guy that could rise up for me and you yes. both. Seeing how stuff shake out, but yeah, I yeah. I agree. I think he's, I think he's like a locked in like day two guy, and I think he could have a Martavius Bryant type NFL like career, uh, minus the off field stuff. But I, yeah, I feel like yeah. he, I hey, feel he's like back. He, Another another round. He he just signed yeah, with the Cowboys dude. this week. Eh? <laughs> I put in some waiver claims. I know he's thirty one, but some some of my teams use it. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I forgot to recap. Let me just do the quick recap of the second round here. At the two hundred one, JJ McCarthy, quarterback from Michigan. At the two hundred two, Devin Neal, running back from Kansas. At the two hundred three, Devontae Walker, out of UNC, wide receiver. 204 quarterback from Washington, Michael Penix Jr. At the 205 running back from Texas, Jonathan Brooks. At the 206 quarter, or not quarterback, excuse me, wide receiver from Texas, A.D. Mitchell. At the 207 quarterback from Texas, Quinn Ewers. At the 208, Trey Benson, running back from Florida State. 209, Jalen McMillan, wide receiver from Washington. 210, Marshawn Lloyd, running back from USC at the 211, JT Sanders, tight end from Texas. And at the 212, you, the listener, can fill in your favorite guy. <laughs> yeah. Not tonight, dude, but like I kind of like the slot only class, you know, like the the Lad McConkley, the Ryan Wilson, Ron, Roman Wilson. Um, yeah. Ricky Pierce Sol, in there. Yeah. And Rest- I think Restrepo deserves to be in there too, but probably the bottom of the four. But anyway, like those four guys, like slot only, kind of, kind of, kind of fun guys. Fun guys yeah, to talk definitely. about. A lot more um, names to talk about in this class. Deep, deep, deep class, if not like superstar studded, but very deep. Yeah, it's still interesting. And it, we're going into the offseason with some mysteries that I'm, I'm still like, I'm excited to watch and find out more. And yeah, this is this is a nice wide receiver group. Yeah. Um, I might have forgotten to recap the second round, but I did not forget to recap the promo code for Home Field Apparel. Yeah, it's the promo code is campus number two can for your first purchase, 15% off home food apparel guys from Corey and from mike that's gonna be it for us tonight guys good night and good luck